Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This will be our last installment on this series on the Lord's Prayer over the last couple of months. And I wanted to get at this, especially this first part, lead us not into temptation. You know, when people really slow that down and think about it, it kind of makes them usually a little bit puzzled. I mean, does Jesus really need to teach us or teach his disciples to pray that God wouldn't lead us into temptation? I mean, is that what God does? The Father sitting up in heaven trying to figure out ways to trick us or trip us up or to tempt us or to test us? Well, that wouldn't be very consistent with the God we know through Jesus Christ, the God of Scripture. So there's something else going on here. And let me see if I can explain it a bit by telling you a story. Several years ago, I was in Germany and I got a chance to go to Berlin for one of the days that we were there. And I stood with my professor in a church, a very old, old church that had been bombed out during World War II. And in that church, he pointed me to a particular part right over the the entry and the exit to this once grand and glorious cathedral. And he said, what do you see up there? And I said, well, I see three pieces of artwork. Down below was a depiction of Germany during the Roman Empire. That was the first time Germany was really united and would be called the First Reich, okay? In the middle, I'll get to that in a second, but on the top was a picture of the Prussian Empire, the second time that Germany was united, the Second Reich. In the middle of those two pieces of artwork was a fresco of the resurrection of Jesus. My professor went on to explain to me how Hitler, not being a religious man himself, but how he was smart enough to use the religious fervor of people and to kind of get that all mixed up with their nationalistic identity and pride and to kind of stir that together until he could combine their religious fervor and their nationalistic fervor and get them to buy in to his evil Nazi uh, regime and plans that went forth from that. And of course, the rest is history. When we pray that God lead us not into temptation, we are praying that our identity in Christ would be kept clear and pure, that we would not use that identity or use that power that God gives us to manipulate or corrupt ourselves or others or just the world itself. We can see this throughout history, not just in World War II, but we can see it even within the church. We can see how Jesus was going up against the religious officials who were devouring widows' houses and who were kind of setting themselves apart as the in-group while they kind of pointed the finger at the out-group. Jesus comes up against this all the time in the New Testament. We can see it in the Reformation, how Luther uh, kind of strikes back against the corruption and the power of the Roman Catholic Church of his time and and the really corrupt uh, exercise of selling indulgences, really stealing from people in the name of God. We can see it in all kinds of other ways. We can see it in individual ways. We've maybe fallen into that trap ourselves, judging others and kind of holding ourselves up with our own self-righteousness in God's name. And so we ask that God would keep us from corrupting this beautiful and gracious household that God has built around us, this kingdom that God has invited us into through baptism to be a part of. That's kind of one side of the coin. And just briefly, the other side of that coin then is the other phrase, 
but deliver us from evil. We recognize in in that first part that this is oftentimes out of our power, that we turn inward, we turn to that old Adam, we turn to our own pride, we turn uh, to our own self-righteousness. And so we ask God, please come from outside of us and make us whole again. Forgive us. Keep us safe from the evil that lurks around us, especially that which can find its way into our own hearts. That's a beautiful end to this Lord's Prayer. And you may be wondering, well, wait a second, that's not the end. What about, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's kind of a doxology to the Lord's Prayer. If you look in Matthew and if you look in Luke at the Lord's Prayer, that part isn't there, but it's added on to just give sort of a woohoo, amen, to what we've been experiencing over these last couple months. I hope you've enjoyed this devotion and we'll be moving on to something new in the future. God's peace to you today.